What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tonight, I'll be discussing dark entities, Ouija board seances, a flying man, and premonitions of death. These experiences and many more all coming up on this edition of Paranormal Mysteries. Thank you for joining me and welcome. I'm your host, Nick Ryan. Before I start tonight's show, I'd like to recognize Holly... Cassandra, and Miranda for their contribution on Patreon. Thank you so much for your generosity. And of course, the show wouldn't be possible without all of my amazing listeners from around the world. I appreciate all of your continued support. And now, let's begin with our first experience of the night, which comes to us from Rochelle. And Rochelle's story is called, The Night My Dad Died. Rochelle says, Hi Nick, I've been listening to your show for quite some time now, and I'm a huge fan. I've been considering writing in for a while, and since I haven't heard any other stories that are similar to what I've experienced, I thought that my story would be an interesting and different one to share. To preface this story, I will say that I've been keenly interested in the paranormal for most of my life, and I've been told by numerous psychics that I am a sensitive myself. This might be why I've had things happen in my life that I couldn't fully explain away. My story takes place back in November of 2019. My dad had been ill and in declining health for some time. As a result of new developments in his failing health, we were forced to put him into palliative care in the hospital for the last few days of his life. At that time, my dad was starting to lose cognition and didn't know where he was or who we were so we had no other choice. We all knew that he didn't have much time. On his second night in the hospital, I was visiting, along with my mom and my sister. He was heavily medicated, which was causing him to waver from moments of paranoia and delusions to being fast asleep. It was really hard to watch, and we decided that we would leave him to rest and then come back the next morning. As we were leaving the room, I stopped, and it was like someone or something had told me to go back in and make sure that I said a proper goodbye. So I went back and kissed his forehead and whispered into his ear that I loved him, and that I would be back tomorrow. We left, and then each of us went back to our respective homes for the night. That evening I felt very heavy. It's hard to describe, other than saying it's the feeling you have when you know that something is going to happen. Of course, I didn't think much of it, considering that we all knew my dad wouldn't be with us much longer. I spent the next few hours talking to my husband, and then called some friends and family members to update them on my dad's condition. 
I went to bed around eleven, and after more than two hours of tossing and turning, I started drifting off into a very restless sleep. I was just falling asleep, and in that stage where you are somewhere between awake and asleep. And that's when I heard a voice. To me, it sounded like my mom's voice as loud and clear as if she were standing right next to me. And it said, Rochelle, it's done. I bolted up in bed and looked around, bleary-eyed expecting to see my mom in my bedroom. I immediately thought, when did my mom get here, and why is she in my room? I then turned the bedside light on, and nobody was there, except my husband who was sleeping deeply next to me. After looking around for a moment, I grabbed my phone and checked for texts or calls, but there were none. At this point, it was 1.33 in the morning. I quickly sent a text to my mom, asking if she was awake and when she didn't reply, I assumed that she was asleep at her house, and I laid back down, turning off the light. Well, needless to say that my heart was pounding at this point, and sleep wasn't on the agenda, so I turned on my Kindle and tried to read a bit, hoping that it would help me to fall asleep. The room was completely dark, except for the soft glow of my Kindle. After a couple of minutes of reading, I caught a glimpse of something moving in my peripheral vision. I looked over the Kindle and saw nothing but darkness and no movement, so I continued reading. A few seconds later, though, I saw it again. It was like something darting from left to right in front of me. I quickly turned my Kindle around so I could use the faint light to see if anything was there, and at first, I saw nothing. But after a few moments, I realized that there was something flying around the room. I clicked on my light, and sure enough, there it was. A bat. A freaking bat in my bedroom. So I did the only self-respecting thing that a person would do, and I shrieked like a banshee, pulling the covers over my head. My husband immediately woke up, thinking that we were under some kind of attack, and asking what was wrong. From under the covers I yelled that there was a bat in the room, which he quickly spotted as it fluttered around, looking for a dark place to land and hide. My husband quickly grabbed a towel and captured the critter, releasing it outside and into the night. We then looked around to see where it might have entered, and the only place that we can think of was that it came in through our fireplace chimney. It's a gas fireplace insert, and we have never had anything get in through there before, but to be safe we covered it up tightly, and hoped that there weren't any more night critters on their way. By the time that we had calmed down from this ordeal, it was about an hour later, and I started to tell my husband about the voice that I had heard earlier. Two such strange events in one night was really perplexing, and he was a bit freaked out. Just as I finished telling him about it, my phone rang. It was my sister, calling to tell me that my mom was on her way to the hospital, as my dad had passed away. It wasn't until the next morning that I found out that he had passed away around 1.45 a.m. However, the sitter who was supposed to be monitoring him had left the room, and they didn't realize that he was gone until about an hour and a half later. That means that he would have passed or been in transition of passing away just when I had heard the voice of my mother. After the funeral, my mom, sister, and I were sitting and talking about that night. I told them what had happened, and my mom told me that her sister, my aunt who had passed about a year earlier, had a voice that sounded very similar to hers, and people often confused them on the phone. This gave me chills. Could it have been my aunt telling me that he was passing away alone? This made me feel incredibly sad. 
I then googled the meaning of seeing a bat in your home and found out that apparently it's an omen of death. Supposedly, if you find a bat in your home and you kill it, you will prevent the death. However, if you release it, as my husband did, then a death will follow. I've never had a bat in my room before or after that night. As I look back on the events of that evening and night, I can clearly see all the signs that were given to me, although I did not immediately recognize them. In hindsight, I've had a lot of other messages and signs from spirits in the past, but it's only now that I'm in my mid-forties that I've started to acknowledge and accept them for what they are. I hope my story may help others to recognize that the signs and messages they may usually ignore just might be something more. Thank you for taking the time to read this, Nick. I wish you and the listeners all the best in the new year. Before I continue, remember that you can share your experience with me through email or voice message at paranormalmysteriespodcast.com or at sharemyevp.com. And if you're interested in showing your support, please consider following and sharing the podcast. You can also help by giving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. You can also support me on Patreon, buy me a coffee, or PayPal by making a one-time donation, or become a member and listen to every episode ad-free. If you're looking for additional ways to get involved, please visit our website and join the forum, and be sure to follow me on social media for show updates and information on future content. And if you're looking for a great way to relax after tonight's show, be sure to check out my wife's podcast called The Sleep and Relaxation Podcast. And you can find links to her podcast as well as all of my contact and support information in the show notes. Our next experience of the night comes to us from Danny. And Danny's story is called 40 Years of Varied Experiences. Danny says, Hello, Nick. Like many others, I want to thank you for creating this platform. I have always been drawn to the paranormal and have been fascinated by time slips and ghosts, but I am learning about so many phenomena I never knew existed before, like black-eyed kids, dogmen, and men in black. I am grateful to be able to listen to all of these experiences and widen my perspective. I want to share with you and the listeners what I have experienced throughout my life, I have four key experiences to share, with the first one being quite mild. I was about seven or eight and in my lounge room near Sydney, Australia. I looked out my window and there was someone flying through the sky. Except they weren't positioned like they were flying, they were in a sitting position, just moving through the sky at about a running pace. It was a male, maybe 20 to 30 years old. He was dressed in everyday clothes with nothing out of the ordinary except that he was flying through the sky. Then he turned and saw me, and kept staring for a couple of seconds in complete shock that I could see him. He then flew out of view, and that was it. My next experience was in my teenage years. For context, the movie The Craft was out when my friends and I were teenagers in the mid-90s. For those of you that haven't heard of it, it's a movie about teenage girls practicing witchcraft and spells so it wasn't out of the ordinary for teenage girls to be influenced by this and play with Ouija boards during this era. We were ignorant teenagers who didn't do research on how to properly conduct a seance. We would simply create our own Ouija board with pen and paper, grab a candle and glass, and start. 
I look back and shake my head at our stupidity. We would ask to speak to spirits, and regularly got a spirit calling itself Satan, or the devil, and we would get annoyed and taunt it and swear at it. This went on for a year or so. One day it was just her and I. We were the two most drawn to the paranormal. One weekend we did a seance as usual, but this particular day we got impatient and annoyed at the responses that we were getting, so we left the house and were talking about the spirits and taunting them, even though we had left the board back at the house. We had walked down to the beach and we were walking on the sand, yelling at the spirit to prove to us that it was real. We were really yelling and being a little dramatic, when out of nowhere there was a booming NO that came from the sky. It was like its patience had run out, and it knew this would get us to stop. Well, it was right. We both stopped and looked at each other and screamed, and then ran back to the house a few minutes away without stopping or even looking back. This response had echoed through the sky, and you could feel it in your chest like being in front of a speaker at a big concert. We tried to be logical once we were back in the safety of the house. We were on a quiet beach with small waves, and nothing could create this big boom noise. There were no roads or flight paths nearby, or mines or anything that would create such a noise. There were no clouds in the sky, let alone a storm nearby where thunder could account for the noise. Even if a nearby house, of which there weren't many, had been working with power tools or something like that, the sound couldn't have come from that angle. It came from right above us, and it was booming down. We stopped doing seances after that. I'm confident that we let a few nasty things out during our time doing seances, and I regret that, and I wish that we didn't play around with things that we didn't appreciate or understand. I think my next experience is a direct result of not opening and closing seances properly. During the rest of my teenage years and my twenties, I would have horrible dreams. I would consistently wake up between 3 and 4 a.m., most of the time at exactly 3.16 a.m. Only recently I found out the meaning of it, and it is a bit daunting, but it also helps me to understand what happened to me. It happened so often I stopped using a bedside clock so I couldn't know what time it was and be scared. I would wake up and there would be a very negative entity in the room. I could never see it, but I always knew it was there. Sometimes it would just be near me, and other times while I was asleep it tried to take over my body. I don't know if possess is the right word, but I would feel a misty shadow figure try and enter my body. Sometimes I would wake up terrified, but just in time and sometimes I would wake up almost fighting off the spirit. This happened in many houses in three different states, several thousand kilometers apart, so I can only deduce that I am the common denominator. I would lay there and manifest a bright white light in the center of my body, and expand it so I had a protective bubble around me. I would usually expand it out to the property boundary, and I would ensure that it was secure and say in my head that negative entities weren't welcome and could not pass through it. I could feel the negative entities staring at me from the surface of the bubble that I had created. Sometimes I could only get the bubble big enough for one reason or another and could only do the room I was in, and the entity would be at the doorway staring at me, even though there was nothing visually there. I look back at it now and wonder how I ever slept. I went for years without having any bad dreams or events, but in my late thirties, in the middle of the night, 
I had a terrible dream about a negative entity, and woke up while sitting up in bed, and making the most inhuman guttural growl noise I didn't think possible with my voice box. It's like it had been successful in taking over my body. However, I did the protective bubble again, and I told a friend that I was so spooked, which is something I hadn't done before. I was not religious at all, but I did put an open Bible and a gifted cross necklace in my bedside drawer for protection, and I was relieved and somewhat impressed that it stopped this entity. I still have them in my drawer. My third experience is when I lost my mom in 2015. Within 12 months of being diagnosed with cancer, she had developed other forms of cancer and passed away in a way that she never wanted to go. About a month before she passed, she was really sick, and I flew down to be with her. I was there for a fortnight, and in that time she had picked right back up to a point where it looked like she was going to be on the mend, so much so that I flew back home. Another week and a half went by when I got a call in the morning saying that she had deteriorated suddenly and that I should make my way back down there. Where I was living at the time was fairly remote and there were only a couple of flights a day that left at about midnight, so I had to wait until later at night to start traveling. I was asleep on the red-eye flight, curled over with my head on the tray table, when out of nowhere I woke up in an instant. I sat straight up like a shot and looked straight outside to the night sky and the stars. I looked out for a minute and I felt different. I don't know how else to explain it, but eventually I went back to sleep. When I got to my train station at about 7.30 a.m., some family members were there and they all had a look on their faces. And I knew that she was gone. They told me that she had passed away at about 4 a.m., this would have been right when I was on the flight. I kick myself to this day for not checking to see what time it was when I suddenly woke up, but it obviously wasn't something I was meant to know. However, I believe that it was the moment that she passed away. A week and a half later, I was back home after the funeral, and I had a dream that certainly didn't feel like a dream. I was sitting with my mom on the edge of the bed, and we were having a great chat about random things. When I was younger, we would sit in her bedroom in the mornings and do the crossword together and talk and enjoy the morning sun. So this dream was a continuation of that tradition. She looked healthy and happy and nothing like the pained, sick person that she had been for the previous year. Then, at some point, I realized that she had passed away and this catch-up was pretty special. My mom's partner had not coped with her death well at all. So I said to my mom, I should get a photo of you so I can send it to Mark. He would really appreciate that. But my mom said very quickly, No, I'm not allowed to do that. And she then stopped me from reaching across her to get my phone. I found that a bit shocking as my mom was a rule breaker her entire life. Nothing nasty, just cheeky and defiant in little harmless ways. So her reaction was confounding because she would have been the first person to tout the rules for a laugh. That's when I realized that this was her final goodbye, and there was a higher being that set the rules on how spirits were to behave. I haven't had a dream like that about her since. My last experience is related to a potential past life. My grandmother passed away when my mom was six from heart complications, so I obviously never met her. I am the eldest granddaughter, and my middle name is after hers. I don't know how to describe it properly, but I feel like I am her 
reincarnated. There have been a few moments where I have made life decisions, and I wonder if it's in response to what she wasn't able to do in her life, either due to the traditions such as marriage and children and limited education, or due to her life being cut short. It's like she can now live the life she wanted through me, slash her. I was at a family reunion in my early 20s. We had them annually. My grandfather had three brothers. They were the four heads of the entire family now, as all great-grandparents had passed away. At this particular reunion, all three of my great-aunts were in the kitchen walk-in pantry, and I walked in and I had my mouth open to say something, and at the last nanosecond, I realized that they would freak out and never look at me the same way again, so I closed my mouth. What I was going to say to them was, Oh look, all four of us back together again. Now, obviously, that's not normal, but the feeling I got when I walked into that pantry and saw them there was such a full-body feeling of warmth and reminiscing and love and fun. It was like I belonged there with them. Me, a 22-year-old, feeling a decades-old bond with three women in their 60s. Another experience related to my grandmother was in late 2020, when I got a call saying that my grandfather was in palliative care, and I needed to get there to see him. He had been sick for a few months, and had gone downhill in the previous few weeks. Thankfully, there was a break between COVID lockdowns, and my partner and I drove the 11 hours to get to him. We got there at about 1.30am, and stayed with him for a couple of hours, but due to COVID rules, only two people were allowed in at a time, so we had to share our time with other family. So my partner and I went to get some sleep and wait for our next turn to see him. We went back at about 4 p.m. that day. My partner left after a short while so that my aunt and I could sit with him. He had only been conscious maybe two minutes the whole time I had been there, which in total was about four hours. My aunt left to go and get a sandwich, and as I sat with him, I got upset for a few minutes, but then something came over me, and I stopped and collected myself. I held his hand, and out of nowhere I said, Hello, Barry. It's me, Margaret. It's time. I am here for you. It's time to go. Then, he squeezed my hand. Not long after that, my aunt came back, and I left so that she could have some alone time with him, as she wasn't coping well. About an hour after I left, my aunt called, saying that he had passed away. I still wonder if I had channeled my grandmother to guide my grandfather. I've never called him Barry, and I never refer to myself as Margaret, so I don't have another explanation. I have been told by a healer that I have a gift in relation to spirits, and I will interact with them. It is due to start in the coming years, so I hope to share more experiences with you. Although, writing all of this down for the very first time makes me realize that I have been exposed to a fair bit already, in different forms. Thank you for reading this, and I wish you well. Danny As we come to the end of tonight's episode, I'd like to thank Rochelle and Danny for sharing their experiences. And remember that if you have a story to share with me, you can find links to all of my contact information in the show notes. Until next time, thank you so much for listening, and please remember, don't wait for the unknown to come to you. Get out there and find it. <laughs>